Hello, and welcome to Follow the Woo podcast, where each week I, Fenelon Kush, will guide you on a journey into the land of the woo. We're going to investigate witchcraft, meditations, the paranormal and supernatural, alien and fey encounters, gurus, shamanism, and, and, and all the woo. So hold on to your butt. This just might be the weirdest part of your day. Hello, humans. How are you doing post full moon in Cancer? It was kind of a doozy for me. I don't generally do super well during full moons. I tend to get headaches and feel kind of run down anyway, but my moon in Cancer really latched on to this Cancer full moon and I was even more tired than I usually am and even more almost sickly feeling, you know, just kind of like, ugh, all I want to do is be in my pajamas and be on the couch. I wish that sometimes my listeners could speak back to me during these intros (laughs) because I sincerely would like to take like a poll to see what's going on with you. Speaking of polls, I did take a, a little baby poll on Instagram about doing an episode on exorcisms and the exorcist. And it seems like everybody really wants that to happen. And a a few people reached out and said that they wanted to help in the research of that. So it looks like that's on the agenda for the next quarter, I'll say, because we're pretty backed up with interviews for the next few months. Exorcisms are one of the most fascinating topics for me because I, I just don't know if they're real or not. And there's so much evidence that leads me to believe that they are real. And if they are real, what does that mean about the nature of the universe? What it means to be right and wrong, what it means to be good and evil. That is just as a whole big ball of what the fuck. And it's really fascinating to me. Put a pin in that. We're going to loop back around to exorcisms. Woohoo! We'll make it fun though. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you have a choice with this vast, vast subject matter of all paranormal things. You can look at it like it's scary and that's it. Or you can look at it like it's mysterious and interesting. Or you can look at it as both. Mostly I lean toward the mysterious and interesting. I just want to pierce the veil of the monotony of nine to five capitalist-based patriarchal society. I want to pierce that fucking veil that has been, you know, created for us and see what's beyond it. We only live the way we live because this is how a bunch of people decided that we were supposed to live. We get to choose. Obviously, privilege plays a huge role, but to a certain extent, we get to decide. We are just always demolishing anything that's different than us. And it's really because we're afraid. And I think if we can alchemize that fear into curiosity, fucking cool stuff happens. And that's what I try to do. I try to make it less scary. So let's just be curious about it from a distance in some cases. (laughs) So we don't get fucking murdered or possessed. I don't know. That's my little soapbox on fear and curiosity and questions and just why I investigate the paranormal in general. All right, let's talk about my guest today. Chris is a paranormal researcher and the host of Buried Secrets podcast, a podcast about the paranormal, the occult, and weird and forgotten history. 
Their writing has been published in The Feminine Macabre, Volumes 1 and 2, and they live in Queens, New York, with their wife and a friendly ghost. If you haven't listened to Part 1, I recommend that you do, always just to get a kind of frame of reference for where we are. Last episode, we talked about exorcisms, goat man, some UFO stuff. And in this episode, we talk more about liminality. We also talk about randonauting, which many of you probably already knew about. Randonauting or Randonautica is an app that you can download on your phone. And I'll actually just let Chris explain. All right. Let's get into the woo like we always do. I want to ask about the liminality of the paranormal and the sort of the weirdest stuff you've discovered in your research during the podcast. So which one feels right right now? I guess maybe the liminality. Yeah, we're kind of on that too. Yeah. Because the goat man is liminal, right? Like mm-hmm, there's a bridge mm-hmm. there that is a an in-between spot. And, you know, there there's other points of liminality there. I mean, obviously, like Point Pleasant is a great example right. as well. Definitely. There's a lot of bridges that have a <laughs> lot of hauntings related to them. Like there's a, there's a bridge that I'm somewhat obsessed with or like an area that I'm somewhat obsessed with near where I live called the Hellgate. It's part of the East River and... There's a train bridge that goes over it called the Hellgate Bridge. It's kind of this place where all these ships have passed through. And for a while, it was such a dangerous place to pass through that like a thousand ships ran aground there a day or a day, a year. Yeah, I was like, um, wait, <laughs> that, would, that, would be a, that would be a lot of trouble. That's gnarly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like there's all these stories of there's like a famous ship during the Revolutionary War that sunk there that supposedly had a payload of a lot of gold there for, you know, to pay the British soldiers. The greatest loss of life until 9-11 happened there. There was a really, really tragic event of a ship or like a boat catching fire and then running aground there in the Hellgate and like more than a thousand people died on like a church trip, like picnic trip. There's just like something weird about that place. And there's just lots of urban legends about that place. And to be honest, like I feel so uncomfortable there. Like I get such a weird vibe there that I won't go there alone anymore for the most part, even though it's the nicest park in our whole neighborhood. (laughs) It's like this big, beautiful park on the water right there. And I just get so depressed and like so upset anytime I'm near there if I'm alone that I just won't really go anymore. It's interesting, like researching these liminal areas when like, you know, there's all this history and you can like see it logically, but then sometimes it has like a very large emotional impact Mm -hmm. that at least for me that I'm not expecting when you go to the actual location. So like there's specific places like that, that are very interesting. I think in terms of liminality and the paranormal and magic, et cetera. It's like, it makes sense that in order to like access this other world, you have to be in this in-between place. Mm -hmm. Um, I know in our pre-conversation, we talked a little bit about that book, The Trickster and the Paranormal by Mm -hmm. George P. Hansen, which is a very difficult book to read, but I did finish reading it. Uh, It's it's very academic, but like very, very interesting. And it's definitely kind of changed a lot of how I think about the paranormal in general as kind of like a larger idea because at least in my reading of it he seems to make the argument that institutions that research the paranormal tend to be discredited and like large institutions that do have a lot of credibility just can't or don't research the paranormal and kind of like the more established 
the paranormal tries to get, the more likely it is that they'll be kind of discredited in some way, Mm. which is really interesting. And he also kind of just talks about if you're a scientist, you can't get funding to research the paranormal. So most paranormal research is self-funded, which is then less credible. And this kind of idea that he has about the paranormal being permanently in this liminal place. And I know you and I talked about earlier kind of this idea that like maybe the paranormal doesn't want to be dragged out into the spotlight, into this place where it can be commodified, used in capitalism, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Obviously there's paranormal TV shows and stuff, but I feel like that's where kind of the only money (laughs) is in the paranormal and kind of like where the most established and famous paranormal people exist. And there's like a very fine line between like a paranormal reality TV show and just like fiction and fictional horror content. So it's like the most, quote, reputable paranormal stuff is barely removed from fiction. So like that's like an interesting thing to think about too. Like I feel like a lot of the really credible people to me in the paranormal are people who are not necessarily making a living doing it or much of a living and they're not particularly well-known. And yeah, the more famous someone gets, the harder it, it can be to kind of believe in the reality of what they're doing because you know in like a paranormal tv show something interesting has to happen because they spent a lot of money a lot of people are getting paid no one's going to watch it if it's not interesting so then it has to be sort of fake even if some stuff in it is real yeah yeah i mean that's a huge reason why i really like tellier and Mm -hmm. and also i'm doing this documentary right now and and you know i i was in la and i was like oh i want to do i want to pitch this you know i want to pitch it to a network not particularly because i love the networks i don't Mm -hmm. like i had already known from film school that they can be real dicks i mean they're like pickled in the land of i don't care if it's real or not let's lie to them let's just Mm -hmm. do the thing but i was like on that track because i was like well this is where we can get funded Mm -hmm. and when I started to talk to the talent, you know, for quote unquote talent, you know, because mm-hmm. um, we're not doing it in that box. Right. Right. They they were like, uh, no way. I'm not going to do I'm not going to do a network like and they've right. all been on network shows multiple times. So and interesting. they were and they were like and I won't say anybody's names. And, and I'm not even saying that these people specifically are the ones that told me this. But over these past couple of years of interviewing people who have been on these shows, you are 100 percent right. That line is real fucking fine. It is Mm -hmm. so many of them are not real and we are just led to believe that they are and and they're all the fucking same. And so, yeah, there's a that is a weird thing with the paranormal shows. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, with reality TV in general, I think that everybody knows it's not real. Right. Like, I don't know. Maybe not. uh, I, I mean, like every time I do that. Mm-hmm. I am unpleasantly surprised that like people are just more ignorant. I'm trying to use I, like nicer words because I've been saying people are stupid a lot lately and I have to stop mm-hmm. saying that. <laughs> but just I do think I don't know. I feel like a lot of people do. A lot of people don't. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah but in, in the end, it's like people want to be entertained. That's why they're watching TV. Yeah. And so yeah. I think yeah. that. You know, so then at that point, it's like, are those people considered actual paranormal investigators or are they just entertainers? And, you know, like Zach Baggins, I really don't like that guy. (laughs) He's never going to listen to this podcast, probably. But if you do, I'm sorry, Zach, but you just you're just not it for me. (laughs) 
he, you know, that's not to me a paranormal researcher. That's not an right. invest. That's somebody who has like, like you said, commodified, like basically like created a cash cow out of creating these formulaic little mm-hmm. nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would say that. Yeah, he's he's not a real paranormal investigator as you and I would think of it. But in the eyes of the world, he's the person people are thinking of, like an ordinary person who's not into the paranormal. So it is, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like yeah, the more real work you're doing, the more likely you are to not be associated with it in like a larger fame type of way. So we we're talking about liminality, though. Mm-hmm. And how, like, there's this potential that I think the way you said it was like that the paranormal doesn't want to be pulled out into the land of capitalism. And so I'm really wondering if there's a different way to play with it. You know, Mm -hmm. if we come at it from an angle that is not, I don't even know what to call it, (laughs) not capitalist, but also like not so dense, you know, it feels like there's been this this move in paranormal investigation very recently, kind of away from the more scientific method of doing it, um, because for so long people were like, well, we need to measure the temperature, you know, look at the EMF uh, readings, like, you know, do all these like scientific method type things to prove something about the paranormal. And I really like that people have been kind of pushing a little further away from that kind of more into a, a subjective way of experiencing the paranormal, because as much as I love data and, you know, the scientific method is great for a lot of things. If the paranormal doesn't want to be pinned down, then the more scientific you try to make it and the more like credible you try to make it, the more likely it is that the paranormal is not going to play nice. Whereas I feel like how, you know, a lot of people are kind of pushing more into like their own personal experiences of the paranormal and kind of like even something like the the Estes method, like it does have a sciencey bent in that it's like, okay, we want to try to eliminate matrixing and like hearing what you want to hear. But at the same time, there's maybe a psychic component to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's, it's very subjective to say what you're hearing from a noisy spirit box. You know, two different people could be listening to the same thing and hear something very different, et cetera. I think it makes sense that such interesting things are coming out of methods like that. Because it's like, yeah, it, it's harder to explain to a lay person and, you know, like less science-y, but also like maybe then the paranormal's ready to to come out to play because it's not going to be pinned down. So you could maybe find something much more interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Co- wants to come out and play. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- I think you sort of are right on like where I want to be, which is like right. leaning into the liminality mm-hmm. instead of like bucking against it. And I think so often we're kind of repeating ourselves here, but like so often we go into a space. I don't, mm-hmm. but like you see these shows and people walk into a space and the first thing they do is pull out their gadgets and then they start yelling, you know, their, their voices right. are raised like, we're here, show yourselves, you know, is there anybody here? You know, and it's like, mm-hmm. is this okay? Is there perhaps a better way? And that is the fucking status quo of paranormal right. investigations is to be a dick mm-hmm. And to be like manly or much, whatever the fuck, quote unquote, manly means. Right. And like bulldoze through with your gadgets and get them to conform and you're like commanding them to do shit. And I think you're right. I'm really here for this like new, more receptive approach. You know, Mm -hmm. it's more like, okay, I'm going to like play by your rules. I'm going to bring a psychic on set. I'm going to do a ritual to like maybe get myself in a more liminal space energetically to connect with you. 
let's do it. Let's make all the liminal paranormal TV shows. One, two. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And and the other thing about that is the marginalized component, you know, mm-hmm. even back to what you're saying. Oh, what were you saying about the the Goatman's Bridge? You mm-hmm. know, the the marginalized communities are often affected by these paranormal imprints, right? Like that, right. that happen in that space. I think that's funny too, not funny, but it can be confusing as well because a lot of times those people are discredited. Right, exactly. So it's like no matter which way you slice the thing, you're never going to get get it. Yeah, and that's that's why I love so much about that book, The Trickster and the Paranormal, because at least to me, after reading it, I was like, okay, so it's okay if you can't really prove things very well in the paranormal, if things are like very kind of like confusing and, you know, like, there's a lot of like lack of credibility. It doesn't necessarily mean that a paranormal thing isn't occurring. In fact, it might mean that something paranormal is occurring, but the paranormal just doesn't want to be pinned down. And yeah, like has this trickster element to it. Yeah. That whole topic is just really interesting to me. And really the, the like intention we all have as like a a film crew going Mm -hmm. into this documentary is, is to keep that like leaning into the liminality it's like a simple thing. You get more with honey than vinegar, you know, like mm-hmm. let's go in like more soft, but yeah. Oh, we're running out of time. So I yeah. want to ask you about paranormal research. I know. Mm-hmm. So you don't interview people on the show, but you used to have a co-host. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine used to be on the podcast. Some, Yeah. Okay. And so in your, your experience, what is, and it could be an investigation too, like boots on the ground, the weirdest, shit that you've ever come across that you're like, yeah. it still puzzles you and you you continue to loop back around to it? I think for me, it's not necessarily a research thing, but it's my experiences with Randonautica. Have you ever used that app? No. Do you know about it? No. Tell okay. me. It went viral in 2020. So it's an app that was released in 2020. It went viral, I think like on TikTok and stuff, but basically it's this app. It's free. Get it on your phone and you set an intention in your brain. You do not type anything into the app. You can choose like, it's doing some kind of quantum random thing. You can choose like avoid anomaly attractors, like all these different like quantum things. You can choose for it to select a certain kind of point. You set a radius. It it chooses a point in that radius. You go to that point and maybe something weird happens. And I have been using it, you know, on and off since 2020. And it's just baffling to me because that app never fails. It always brings me to something where I'm like, huh, this doesn't feel like it was just chance. Um, And it can be, you know, I could set it for like a less than two kilometer radius from where I live and I'll still end up with something really, really weird. So for me, it feels almost like, you know how sometimes you're like reading about the paranormal and you're like, ah, man, I wish something paranormal would happen to me right now. Like I'm kind of bored. It's like Randonautica feels like an on-demand way to interact with the paranormal where you're just like, okay, I'm going to hop on this app. It's going to send me somewhere and it's going to be weird. And it's it's really cool because it's also like a way to explore your neighborhood or or wherever you are. I kind of feel like Randonautica is a friend now, but like kind of a <laughs> weird friend. So I don't always know. I don't always interpret what it's telling me okay. as I should. But there was an instance last year in like 
last August, I want to say, or September, where I set an intention. My intention was dragon. I was I was kind of hoping it would like bring me to like a cool yard statue or something that someone has. Like people have cool figurines in their yards in my neighborhood. So I set the intention of dragon and it brought me to my boss's apartment, like to their building. And I was kind of like, well, that's, I guess it's joking about like how bosses suck or something. <laughs> and like nothing, nothing against my former boss, but I later learned that like at that point in time, things were set into motion that led to a restructuring at the company I worked at that led to me losing my job. I was laid off like a couple months later. So it was like a really weird thing because I now believe that Randonautica was very clearly being like, you shouldn't trust things at your work. You shouldn't trust necessarily that your boss is looking out for your job. And there's danger here. You should probably yeah. like look for some other jobs, et cetera. And I did not listen and I kind of like laughed it off and, uh, you know, everything's fine now, but it definitely would have saved me some grief if I had thought about what all sorts of things it might've been trying to tell me. And then, you know, maybe tried applying for some other jobs earlier, et cetera. Yeah. It, there's a less dramatic things that happen too. Like I might set the intention of owl and it'll like bring me, you know, I'll go on a walk past a bunch of different houses, none of which have an owl in front of them. And then, you know, of course, sure enough, right by the point, there'll be a house with like four owl figurines in the, in the yard. And like, I did that one day, like twice in a row. And it brought me to two different houses with like owl figurines in the yard. One even had like an owl on a lamppost or a flagpole. There was no flag on the flagpole. There's just an owl sitting on top. It's like a it's live owl? Not not a real owl. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like, you know, an owl. It was like, you know, those scarecrow type owls yes, to keep yes. away other birds. It's like just all these weird, weird things like that. Do you put um, the, the intention into the thing? No, you just <gasps> think it in your head. Okay, that I was like, wait a second. Okay, yeah. but I mean, it's still fucking weird if you do mm -hmm. put your, because like, yeah. how would they know, you know? Okay, so, so wait, wait, wait. You, I'm downloading this yeah. immediately. Yeah, it's you it's wild. Just thought of an owl. Mm -hmm. Stop it. You thought yeah. of an owl. You put in like anomaly or whatever data point yeah. you wanted, and then you picked your radius, mm -hmm. and then it it gives you a point to walk to. Yeah, and you walk to that point. You can mm -hmm. can you G GPS there or whatever? Yeah, it basically like it shows you on the map. So I mean, I you just, just follow. It. I just yeah. I know my neighborhood so well that I can like just look at the cross street and navigate there. But yeah, you can, I assume you can put it into Google maps or whatever too. Okay. I always just do it walking because I don't have a car or anything. It also sometimes like it really hones in on what you're thinking about, even if you're thinking about a thing that isn't necessarily your intention. So there've been multiple times when I've like thought, oh, I should, I should go over to this place. And then I'm like, Nah, I don't feel like it. I'm just going to use Randonaut, go for a walk, or Randonautica, go for a walk. And then it'll bring me to the place I was thinking about. Or if the radius is too small, it'll bring me to the edge of the radius, you know, maybe like a few blocks away from the place I was thinking about going. Mm -hmm. It's done that like multiple times to me. Or I've like done it, it's brought me to the edge of the radius, and then I've done it a second time from that point, and then it's brought me to the place where I was thinking about going, but decided not to go. So it's not like just responding to your intention. It's kind of responding to like what you're thinking about. Like even like last <laughs> week I was using it and I was like, kind of like, you know, all these retrogrades, I was going, going through some stuff. And I was like, just kind of asking it for like help and guidance. And it brought me to a dance party. There was a band, there was live music. And then like at the absolute like direct point that was like on the way to the point. And so like I stayed at the 
dance party thing until it ended. And then I walked to the actual point and there was a truck sitting there that was like an extermination truck and it had pictures of boxing gloves all over it. And so like kind of the way I interpreted it was like, okay, this feels like a gut punch, but it's actually a cause for celebration. Like, you know, the actual thing, it hurts, but it, it also is a good thing. That's how I interpreted that. It's weird. How do they explain to you how it works? Like, or do they? Like, did, did, is there any, like, there's, there's a, the creators of it wrote a book, which I've read twice, <laughs> and I should be able to explain better than I am how it works. It's just weird. I mean, like, the book's really interesting because it just goes through, like, all these people who've had similar experiences to me. And, like, Randonautica, I think it's, like, most famous moment in 2020 was when some, I think, teenagers were using it and they found it, like, a dead body. Like in a suitcase? No, they didn't. Uh, yeah. What so was it's their like, intention? I don't remember. I'm not sure if the article said. Yeah. But so like there have been instances of people finding bad things. Like if your intention maybe isn't so great. And I think like if you're kind of unfocused, like the book talks about like examples of people who are maybe randonauting together and they're talking about something else, not focusing on their intention. And so they just like end up somewhere kind of weird or somewhere related to their conversation, not the intention. But it's like very weird to be able to kind of have this on-demand experience with the paranormal. And every time I use it, I'm like, this point's like a few blocks away from my apartment. There's not anything that's going to be interesting there. And pretty much every time I've come away being like, huh, well, that that's pretty clear. It's weird. I'm hooked. I'm going to like download it immediately. So do you know from reading the book twice, Mm -hmm. like it was there, what was their original intention for creating the app? Were they like, oh, look, intention can manifest things in your physical environment? Yeah, I think so. I like the beginning of it was kind of convoluted. Like it sounds like this person was the one of the creators was on a lot of telegram kind of esoteric telegram channels with people mm-hmm. who are developing some interesting things. But the book did talk about like random number generators and how there have been studies that have shown that like people thinking can affect random number generators, like have an impact mm-hmm. on it psychically. Oh, and another weird thing about Randonautica is I've noticed that synchronicities occur a weird amount of times, even when I'm just like talking about it or researching it. So like what I did a couple episodes about Randonautica for my podcast. So that's when I reread the book. And I was like in Austin for my sister's bachelorette party, rereading this book. And we were like on the way to the airport. And my wife was like, oh, let's, let's wait for our lift over here in this parking lot. And it was the parking lot of a sculpture park, it turns out, or sculpture museum. And in the yard of this museum, there was a thing that looked like a fairy ring. So I go up and I look at it and it's an art piece called Synchronicity. And then we get on the plane and then I'm like rereading the part of the book about like affecting random number generators with your mind. And I'm listening to like a playlist that's seven hours long on my phone, just on shuffle. And I think, oh, I wonder if I can make a song come up next on the playlist just by thinking really hard about how I want the song to come up next. And sure enough, the next song that it played was the song I was thinking of off of okay. a seven hour long playlist. First of all, <laughs> I'm I love this. Okay, I'm I'm big on synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really really trying to like make that one of the main intentions of like pre-production. Even as like right. everybody pay attention to synchronicities, even if it doesn't feel related to the show. 
vlog that shit, like mm-hmm. record it on video. It might make sense later. Right. So we're we're starting that out. And so I'm going to make everybody on the crew download this app. Thank you so much. Yeah. And then also, I think what's really interesting about synchronicity that you touched on is that it creates more synchronicity. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. the more you lean into it, the more it crops up. And right. I think it was, this is not even like paranormal woo, but because I started my like early woo stuff with gurus and like meditation and shit. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like a famous guru that you would probably have heard of. Anyways, one of them said that when you get into um, his terminology was like a space with God, you know, like uh-huh. when, when you're connected with God, when you're in your highest vibration, how you'll know is increased synchronicity. And I can't fucking remember the other one, but I always remember increased synchronicity because I right. was like, how weird is that? So if you experience heightened synchronicity, you are in this guru's perspective, closer to God. Mm-hmm. And from our perspective, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it's more like you're more in tune with the reality of the universe, like what's right. actually happening underneath capitalism and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's so fascinating. <laughs> it's so fascinating. I can't stand it. I'm downloading it now. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, does your wife use it? No. No? I don't it's- think she's ever even gone on like a, you know, random nodding walk with me. I think I've only ever used it alone. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm curious, like, if we can use it collectively, you know, for the show oh, yeah. and see if it might, like, increase results or or not. Yeah. Probably. Like, if everyone's focused. If people are thinking, like, kind of focused on different things, then I assume yeah. that would, like, diffuse the effect. Yeah. But... Yeah. Well, I could definitely continue talking with you, but I don't want to, like, take up your whole day. <laughs> would you be open in- to chatting again? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Okay, great. I think I already asked this. I usually ask it at the end, but have you already said what your weirdest paranormal experience is? Probably. The only other thing is like the whatever is haunting our apartment (laughs) is kind of weird. And like just last week, I had kind of a weird interaction with it. So we call this entity Casper and we use he, him pronouns <laughs> for him. I, <laughs> we have not heard any objections. So that's what we're calling him. But like, you know, like there's a lot of weird stuff that happens around the apartment, you know, lights turning on and off, doors opening and closing at times when like, it kind of seems like it's someone trying to interact with us. There have been kind of weird things. Uh, like my wife always goes to bed a little bit before me. And there've been multiple times where she's heard, this is really creepy. Um, she's heard the door open. And heard what she thought was me walking over. And then she feels what she think is me, thinks is me getting into bed. But I'm not there. Oh, so she's no. like talking to me and stuff. And then she turns around and I'm not there. Oh, um, no, which for a while, I'd like get into bed and she'd be like, guess what just happened? And I was like, you can't tell me this right before bed. I, bad um, I was like, you tell me tomorrow. <laughs> but that was happening a lot. But also like if there's any kind of like kind of commotion or change of routines a lot of the time things go missing in the apartment and things just get kind of weird so like last week i was looking for two sweaters that i think i lost in our last move a couple years ago but it's fall so i was like i gotta find these sweaters and i like went through every single part of my closet and i get to like the bottom you know like the floor of my closet you know it's new york city so small closets very packed Mm -hmm. um i took everything out and my wife comes over and she's like well did you ask casper for help finding it and I was like, no. And so like she asked him for help. I asked him for help. I described both sweaters in a lot of detail. And I was like, I might have lost them in the move. They might not even be here. But if you could help me find one of them, I would really appreciate it. 
And then I go back to the closet and I'd already taken all of the clothes out of the bottom, you know, part of the closet. Mm-hmm. And I, there was just like, I don't know, like a CD case and like a computer keyboard or something there. And sitting there, which I had not seen before, there was like folded up, not one of the two sweaters that I lost, but one almost identical to one of the ones that I described that I had no memory of having bought. I think it must have been a gift a few years back. I guess I had lost the third sweater and not known about it, but it was like right there. There was no more clothes left in the bottom of the closet. And it was not there before I asked for help. Casper was like, this is this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, we've also helped Casper or asked Casper for help dealing with roaches and bugs because I have a little bit of a phobia of some roaches. And anytime we've asked him for help, he has eliminated them and they've not been seen again. And maybe some people might think we're kind of trivializing this, like asking this entity for help with very, very commonplace things. But it's very helpful to have, I hope, a friendly entity in our apartment. And I often kind of forget. (laughs) But then when things happen, it's, it's very strange. But my wife is much more sensitive and she sees things all the time in our apartment, like out of the corner of her eye. Pretty much every day, I think. Does she um, think it's him or does she yes. think it's it's him? She's very, around? yeah, yeah. And I don't know if he's like a ghost or some other sort of entity. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think he's like the ghost of a dead person. I kind of think he's something else, but I can't quite say why I think that. Maybe um, Faye? Maybe, yeah. That's the first thing that came to my mind when like you think things are missing and like something mm-hmm. shows up that you don't re- necessarily like recognize. Yeah. 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 And like the building we live in is like a hundred years old. So it's like a lot of people have lived here before, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really think he was a person. Interesting. But it's that that's always a really weird thing too. He's just, you know, always around hanging out. Yeah. I mean, it's cool though that he's doing like simple shit. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of times, I mean, if in the case of it being like somebody who did die and right. a ghost, you know, then it's like maybe they want to do simple shift so they can feel mm-hmm. more like they're alive and embody. But, you know, sounds like Casper, what whatever he may be, <laughs> is down for getting rid of the cockroaches and stuff. And I think it's so cool that you're vulnerable enough and comfortable enough in both of you to, mm-hmm. to have those conversations. You know, I think a lot of people will be like, that's crazy. Not right. my listeners, probably. But <laughs> no. yeah, like a, a lot of people will be like, well, why would you want to have a conversation? It's like, well, if they live here, why the hell not? Yeah, yeah. like he's he's here, too. Yeah. Exactly. So what would you like tell people to do who are early on in this path? Like, what would it just be that that you would be friendly and polite? Like, what would be your advice for a baby paranormal investigator? Yeah. So I think it kind of depends on what whether someone's more into like paranormal investigation, paranormal research, or if they're not really sure. Like, I would say, like, if you're if you really want to have interactions with the paranormal, just use Randonautica. That's like an easy and like low stakes way to do it. If you really want to do paranormal research, then I always am like research into local history. There's the Library of Congress has a great free newspaper archive. Most libraries have databases, newspaper searches, et cetera. And just like type in your county, type in your town's name. Um, there's always going to be interesting and weird things. And there's just like so much info online now that it's so easy to kind of just go down a a rabbit hole kind of like about wherever you are like you don't really need to be near like a big famous paranormal thing that's already been like very much researched and documented because i know there's tons of stuff out there that just hasn't gotten the same level of attention but 
I kind of feel like everywhere has a bunch of weird stuff going on. Absolutely. Agreed. Go to your friend's haunted mm-hmm. house. Go to yeah. a place that you just felt weird in once. Like, don't, right. it doesn't have to be the coolest, what you think is the coolest shit because it's been on TV a million times. Yeah. I mostly like when I do like solo Estes sessions, I usually just do it at the park or like when I'm on hikes and stuff, when I'm out of town or just, yeah, in the neighborhood, just like go to the park, just yeah. set up a picnic blanket so that people can't hear what you're doing and, yeah, you know, try out a solo Estes session or, or whatever. It, I don't think people need to spend a lot of money to get into this stuff. And I don't think they need to go anywhere special to get into this stuff. I kind of hate that there's this, this sense that you need to like buy a ton of gear, spend a ton of money, travel. Cause just like everywhere is weird. Yeah. Everywhere is weird. That is yeah. the name of the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> everywhere is weird. And definitely download this app. I'm going to put the <laughs> link for this oh, app. Yeah. In the show notes, along with a podcast and everything else we chatted about. And I will be emailing you very soon about like what the fuck happens with this thing. I'm going to try it today if I can. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to hear hear what happens. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it. It Thanks for having me. A ton of fun. Do you feel intrigued by Randonautica? Have you already used Randonautica? If you've had fascinating experiences with that app, please reach out to me at followthewoo at gmail.com. <laughs> no, but really, I would love to hear your experiences. And maybe I will do a full episode just on that and, and kind of do some research on the weirdest stuff people have come across. I did find that, I don't know if this is true or not, I'd have to dig a little deeper, but that a couple of teenagers, I think, found like a suitcase, a rolly suitcase by a a river, some body of water, and it had dead body parts in it. So I feel that that is the winner of the weirdest fucking shit you could find. But who knows if it's real or not. And if it is real, Jesus Christ. I, oh, I will tell you, I forgot about this. One time I put into the app, I think the word was magic. Something that feels magical and like otherworldly. And I really focused on that intention. And then I pushed the whatever anomaly or whichever one. And Ash was in the car. She was driving. And I had convinced her to do this real quick on our way home from somewhere. And we pull up and I'm like, oh, this is exactly where the the dot stopped us. So I open the door and it's dark and it's kind of misty, raining. And Ash is like, what the fuck are you doing? And, you know, I'm looking at the phone as I'm walking closer and closer to the point on foot. And I'm getting closer to what looked like this kind of cave that was built out of tree branches, essentially. It was kind of this briar patch almost, but then it had this hole that you could walk into. And I got really close to it, right to the the mouth of the quote unquote cave. And something moved and I about shat my pants. And I ran right back into the car and did not fuck around and find out. I don't know what was in there. It could have just been a houseless human who was like, get the fuck out of my space. It could have been a larger animal, but it seemed like an odd place for a deer or something of that nature to be. And like a bear wouldn't be back there. So I don't know. It also could have been a portal. And maybe there was like a leprechaun there or a an elf or something along those lines. And they were like, absolutely not. You're too close. You can't see this. But it did give me a very weird feeling. And it is odd where that app takes you. So try it out. Let me know. 
definitely check out Chris's podcast. It's awesome. You can go to buriedsecretspodcast.com. Also, you can become a patron on their Patreon, which is patreon.com slash buriedsecretspodcast. Check out the Randonautica app. And if you don't know how to spell that, because it's a weird word, I will have all of that information for you in the show notes. Have a great Friday the 13th. I know a lot of people think that it's bad luck, but I've always thought that Friday the 13th was a super lucky day. So have fun and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you for following the woo with me today. If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to Follow the Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic. And remember, tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, 